Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I know that you are just um, having all kinds of things happening if you're listening to me um, on this day that I'm recording this. It, it, there's a lot going on in the world and I want to address some of those things in today's podcast. And so in order to um, to get through all of it, we won't have any sponsorship of this program today. We're just going to go right through and get right to the heart of what we're discussing today. And in our world today, not just in America, but in the world, there is this cry of racism and the injustices that have been happening to people. And it seems as though everyone is crying out for help. Everyone is crying out to be heard. Everyone wants their voice heard uh, based on their experience and what they consider to be wrong against them. And this is something that we have. We have a choice to do this as humans. God has given us the ability to voice um, what we feel, who we are. This is so that we don't get taken advantage of on purpose. God's given us a purpose. He's given us a plan. And it is his will that we are able to choose our own will and to be a hundred percent able to control our own lives and not have it be controlled. And so I understand when people are crying out, these things, these injustices are wrong. They are just outrageous. Some of the things we see, it's just on, it's unreal. You think you're watching a movie or something. And um, of course, most of you have already seen or have heard about the the tragic death of George Floyd, and that's what kind of spurred on the attention of the world on what's going on in racism. There's a lot of words I've heard recently that I never, um, I never put all together. I've heard them before, but they've been in separate locations. They've not all collided together, which is what we're hearing in this time. Is every every phrase associated with injustice um, that the um, that the black community has felt. It's all being collided into the same narrative. And so for this reason, it's very potent right now. So we have systemic racism. We have um, all other words that go along with that. We have injustices. We have a cry out by people who want to be understood and for um, the world to realize that um, there have been things happening in the background that isn't quite um, what it seems. Everyone thinks it's okay, but to them, they have experienced these things and it's not okay. On the other side of it, you do find there are a group of also black Americans that have expressed that they have come out of a system that has held them down and they have removed themselves from the system. And as a result, they were able to participate in the things that uh, they once felt like they could not. And so this is kind of what I want to bring the conversation up today. This is not about taking sides. Actually, it is about taking sides. And I'll tell you which side I'm taking as we go on. But it is about taking sides. But it's not in the way you most likely are thinking or how the world is portraying it right now. I want to just let's recap here for a minute. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were there. And they were given um, they were given the um, the mandate by God after God did all the work 
to create the earth, to prepare it for mankind, to put in it the things for life, the things for life sustaining and um, and work for man to do. That was so easy. It was it was toilless work. There was no toil in it. It was simply responsibility in the work. There was responsibility. Take care of the garden that I've put you in. Part of the care of the garden was to take care of what you are not supposed to touch, not really, really even touch. He didn't say don't touch it. Eve said don't touch it. But God said this one you are to take care of, but do not eat of it. So in the garden, in the home that God created for Adam and Eve, he put in there uh, things that they can eat and partake of. And they're responsible for everything in the garden, including the thing, including the tree that they could not eat of. But this is a principle that you just don't take care of the parts of things that gives you something or gives you back something. There are things that aren't yours and you're still responsible to take care of it because it's in your garden. It's in your area. It's in your home. In this case, it was in the Garden of Eden, and this was the only Garden of Eden. This was the only model that God created for Adam and Eve to replicate around the world. Now, when Adam and Eve would have had children in the Garden of Eden, had they not sinned, they would have seen that, and they would have grown up to replicate that around the world. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve sinned, and instead of taking care of the tree that they were not allowed to eat from, they ate from the tree. They did to the tree what they were not supposed to do to the tree. Just one thing God said, don't eat from. They didn't do it because they lacked eating um, food. They didn't do it because they had a lack of things to eat. They didn't do it because um, they were bored. They did it as a direct result of following the instruction of God's enemy, Satan. And when they did this, Satan had a foothold and they lost their garden. Why am I telling you this story? What we're seeing today is we're seeing that people are going into towns, they're going into places and they're destroying places, they're taking from it what they are not supposed to be taking. They're stealing, they're killing, and they're destroying. And this is not a solution based on the Word of God. There's nowhere in the Word of God where steal, kill, and destroy is Jesus's ammo, so to speak. What Jesus said instead is in John 10.10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. There is no life-giving element in any of the actions being taken publicly. And that is widely shown on television. And what started as death, we all saw the brutal killing of George Floyd. And it is absolutely wrong. It's not just wrong because he was a black man. It's wrong because he's a human being. He, it is absolutely wrong. It didn't matter what color the person was that killed him. That is still wrong. And it's wrong that other people have died. Those are also wrong things to do. I just saw that the captain 
uh, Captain Doran that was gunned down in front of his friend's store as he was trying to protect it. The young man was just arrested. It just so happened the young man is is, is the race of, of Captain Doran. This race issue that the devil is putting as the ammo, as the explosive to to have mankind gnaw at each other, it is completely evil and it is unacceptable in the kingdom of God because God did not create us to be divided. God created us to worship him. The worshiping of God brings us together. And so what we find is that when you don't care about where you live, when you don't care about taking care of other people's property in your own hometown, in your own neighborhood, then you are not speaking God's language. You are speaking the language of Satan. And that is all there is to it. Nobody has ever called a thief a, you know, a godly character. This person is so godly. They go into homes and they steal. Even Robin Hood, the movie Robin Hood. He was a thief. Even, even somebody would not call him anything less than a thief. Of course, he, he stole and he gave, he stole from thieves and gave it back to the people. But the point is he was still committing an act of thievery. And in the word of God, we don't have different rules for different groups of people. We don't have different rules. When Jesus, when Jesus was talking to his disciples about forgiveness and Peter piped up and he said, well, how many times a day am I supposed to forgive someone? And Jesus, Peter said, well, would it be, would seven times be good? And Jesus said 70 times seven. In other words, whatever amount of times you think has been too much to forgive someone, you put a zero to it and then multiply times that number. So Peter said seven, Jesus said 70 times seven. Jesus added a zero at the end of the number and multiplied it by the number that Peter taught was an amazing number. And it's the same thing with us. If you think three times a day is a lot to, to, to forgive somebody, it's 30 times three a day. Do you know what I'm saying? But of course, we have the 70 times seven principle. I wouldn't, I wouldn't adjust Jesus's principle. But my point is, in order to accomplish that, you realize your heart has to be set to the mode of forgiveness, meaning you don't pile up wrongs and then push, publish it. It's it's almost like writing chapters of wrongs that have been done to you and then finally your book could be published for the world to see. That is not God's way. Are things done to people that are wrong? Absolutely. Are things um, unjust on the earth? Absolutely, because it is Satan's system. But does God give us justice? Absolutely, because God is a just God. But the problem is, if we don't bring the case to God and we decide to do it on our own, we don't have God's solutions. We have our own. And my husband made an amazing point this morning when he was preaching. And he said that, that if, if God fights evil, then there's a win. If flesh fights evil, then evil wins. So I'll say that to you again. If God fights evil, so if we fight evil with the power of God, with the anointing of God, we always win. If we fight evil with our flesh, 
with our feelings and our emotions and vengeance that we feel in our heart for all the wrongs that have been done, evil will win whenever we fight like that. So I told you I was going to take sides and I was going to explain what, what I mean. But before I do that, well, here's, here's, the, here's how I'm taking sides and here's why I'm taking sides. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. Here's what it says. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? There's no longer now Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This means it doesn't matter what position the world has decided that you are in its system. In God's system, there is no distinction on the world's label of who you are. God looks at you equally, which means all of his words are available to you equally as as anyone. So if you are a slave in the world system, in God's system, you are not treated like the world treats you like a slave. God treats you as a co-heir with Christ Jesus, just like he treats the boss or the slave master. If you are a male or a female, if you are a female in the world system, you are automatically under men. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how many feminist groups there are. In the world system, Satan has established a hierarchy that men will always be above women. If you want more information on that, you can read my book, She is Strong. I have that information in there to explain the whole thing to you. But my point is that you can only have equality in the kingdom of God. Well, what does that mean? I've heard Christians say, well, I'm a Christian. And I still get uh, persecuted. Pe uh, police still beat me up. You know, police still arrest me wrongfully. Yes, yes. Things will still, the world system will still want to treat you as if you are their property, but it is up to you to enforce the redemption that you have through Christ. This is where our faith comes in. We have to stand up and say, I am not your child world. I am a child of the living God. And under that system, I have, I have authority. I have the right to be the head and not the tail based on Deuteronomy 28. All those blessings in Deuteronomy 28 are mine. It doesn't happen. It doesn't matter if I'm male or female, Jew or Gentile, slave or free in God's kingdom. Now, God doesn't put any of those labels on us. And God expects us to walk as if we are free and we are those things. So this is what I wanted to bring to your attention today is to think about these things, is to think about how you can walk as a free agent in God's kingdom and not get caught up in all of the labels that the world system has put in place for everyone. And everyone seems to be following right along and to the point that if someone would stray from the world system's label, then they would be consider, they would be considered to not be caring, not be um, thoughtful, not be supportive. And these are dangerous things for Christians to bow to. So you have to understand the peer pressure is heavy on every side. Even within the kingdom of God, uh, believers expect Christians to somehow think 
that because um, because there's racism being exposed, that the church now has to come in and talk about it in a way that um, the blacks are lower. Somehow they have a disadvantage than the whites do. And that is completely wrong in the kingdom of God. And don't, don't start cussing me out. Listen to me. If I... Uh, if, if I'm not white, but my husband is a white man. And if my, if my husband decides to say to me, Fiona, because, um, you know, of how people are treating people that aren't white, you know, I just want you to know that I love you anyway. How would that be? It would be like, he loves me in spite of me not being white. Isn't that what it would mean? So does not automatically make him higher than me. Let's think about this logic. For me to have to say to a black person that, you know, I, I, I feel your pain and I support you, it would mean that nobody else is, is, nobody else is hurt by watching a man get killed and it's streamed live and, and being, being brutally killed by another human being. That, that is appalling to me because frankly, as a human being, I find that horrible to watch someone die. It didn't matter what color or what race it is. And this is where the thing is coming in because people are saying he died because he was black at the hand of a white police officer. Okay, that may be the case. But either way, that case, that incident, that occurrence is not happening in the kingdom of God. That is something that is totally happening because of the kingdom of darkness. In the kingdom of darkness, in Satan's system, black people are less than white people because that's what, that's what he's done for hundreds of years. That's how Satan has set it up. That's not how God thinks about it. That's not how we as children of God should think about it. That's not how I think about it. And this is why when there's so much pressure to support one race, indicating that they are somehow, they are somehow at a disadvantage because of the color of their skin. That is me going against God's word. All of us have something the enemy has decided we are lower than somebody else in. And we have to be the ones to stand up to say, no, you're not doing that to me because I'm a child of God and I have equal rights in the kingdom of God. I am a woman that go into the business world. I have umpteen times been put uh, in a place where men want to make more than me or the promotion want to come to them. And I would stand up and I would say, I would say in my prayer closet, I completely reject that. The next moment I'm in front of them, I'm getting promotion. I'm getting raises off the charts where people, they would have meetings about giving me a higher raise than what they're allowed to. These are the results of us tapping into the power of God and not fighting on the flesh level against the kingdom of Satan, this, this hierarchical caste system living, which is very much alive in a lot of countries in the world today. I know India for sure has a big caste system. And you, if you're the lower class, you have to do this. If you're the upper class, you have to do this. I watched this video with these folks. I thought to myself, what are they doing? And then someone explained to me when they, they go by the Hindu temple and the upper class, the rich people, I don't know what level they are in richness, but they would eat their meals and they would put their plates or their leaves, whatever, eating down on the ground in front of them. And when they walk away, the poor people, the lowest class, I imagine, is what they're saying, 
would go and roll in the food. They would roll on the ground outside on the dirty, nasty road, roll in the food. And somehow that's going to help them in some, I don't know what way it helps them, but this is ridiculous. This is the devil's system, folks. We cannot buy into it. We cannot fall into it. We cannot get trapped by it. We have to stand up and say that I refuse to submit to this system and I am going to be part of the system of God. So how do we solve these problems? It's one thing to say you're in the kingdom of God and you're equal uh, in God's kingdom and you have the same rights, but how do we solve this problem? We solve it by speaking the word of God that we want to see happen. The neighborhoods that are considered low income, and I, I watched a video on systemic racism. I understand, I, I, from what I understand, someone shared a video with me that I watched, and it is going back to where um, money was not lent out. You, you had a, there are different uh, lines that were drawn of where people can borrow money and all of this thing. That is a system of hell, folks. That's a system of hell. It is not the system of the kingdom of God. And it does not, we do not have to follow that system. In the kingdom of God, there's sowing and reaping. In the kingdom of God, there's tithing. In the kingdom of God, there is ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. These are all principles in the kingdom of God. And anyone can use these principles. It is not colored. It's not a colorful principle. It doesn't have certain colors attached to it. It has obedience attached to it. It is a yes, no proposition to God. And here's the great thing about the kingdom of God. God will not manipulate anyone to follow any of these things. Church people may, another person may, a family member may, but God surely wouldn't because his word is perfect. His word is pure. His word is holy. For him to twist his word so that he could pull you into something that you're saying no to would make his word unholy. And that's not who God is. The other thing I want to tell you is that love never fails. If you read in first, first Corinthians and you go through and read that love chapter, one of the principles of love is that it never fails. So if you do anything in love, if you if your heart, your motive for speaking, your motive for action is 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 um anchored in love, it doesn't matter what it looks like while the process is happening. You cannot fail because love never fails. You have to be able to handle the process. You have to be able to, to have people not like you. That's part of the process. You cannot try to please everyone when you are processing a kingdom principle because everything about our flesh will go against the systems of God's kingdom. But our flesh is quick to hook up with the system of the world. Why? Because it's based on emotions and it's based on feelings. And this is what I see as the biggest problem with this issue today that everyone's trying to resolve. It is stuck. It is stuck in the deep, sticky mud of feelings and emotions. And where is the word of God that's being spoken over these situations? Where is the word of God that's saying, I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord? That is a principle of protection as well. Where is Psalm 91 that God's angels keeps charge over me? 
Where are those scriptures? Where's Psalm 23? Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Where are these verses? These are verses. I have this group of, of young ladies that I uh, mentored through a woven at church, I have a woven Women of Victory Enjoying New Life group. And I, I have a girl's version of that for 12 to 18 year old girls. And I had some girls coming from really rough areas of the community. And when they first arrived, I mean, they were just all over the place and their talking and their speech and their behavior was crazy. And then to see towards the end of our time together before we had to, um, before we had to close down for, for the, um, for the stay at home orders, that they had calmed down and the way they handled situations were so much different than how they handled it before. And we went through one of my books and they actually were able to follow through and to read and to talk about it and to discuss points that I was discussing through this book. And my point is that once the word of God is put into someone planted in love, it will not fail. And where is this in, in our communities? Where is this in the world system? It cannot be found in the world system. It can only be found in God's kingdom and the churches as a church. We need to rise up and teach everybody the same principle. You know, I've had conversations with people recently and I've seen people write things recently and do all of these things like, where's the church? A church does not talk about racism asking me if our church talks about racism. Well, racism is not from God. Racism is from the devil. We talk about the works of the end. We came, Jesus came and he told, he told us Jesus came and overcame the works of the enemy. I don't understand what is so hard to grab about this. We are here to destroy the works of the enemy. I don't discuss the works of the enemy. I destroy it. And the way you destroy the works of the enemy is by speaking and preaching and teaching the word of God and don't apologize for it. There is not a different form of the word of God for somebody who is underprivileged as the world labels people. And for those who are more upper class as the world labels people. No, no, no. The same word of God works for everybody Everybody has to do the work. It takes faith. It takes believing what God says. You know, when I, when I coach customers sometimes, when I coach some of my clients, I'd wonder why I'm teaching and I'm, I'm processing the same information to like a bunch of people at the same time and I'm seeing varying results. And the reason I realized after getting into it for a little bit, I realized that even though I was saying the same thing to each person, their filter, the filter of how they grew up, what life experience has occurred to them, what bad thing has happened to them, even what good things have happened to them, everything that I was telling them to do or asking them to do, showing them as principles and, and all of these things, they had filtered through those lens of life experiences. And I realized they're never going to get further than where the lens allow them to go. And so the first, so, so then I started breaking down the lens and having them watch with the real vision that God gave them for their life, not the ones that were given by men. The Bible says that the traditions of men, Jesus told the uh, Pharisees this. Jesus said, the traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. So if we follow the traditions of men, then the word of God is of no effect for us 
because we're living God's kingdom life through the lens of traditions of men. And we can only reap the benefit of the traditions of men. And traditions of men means it's what's been passed down from generation to generation to tell you this is how you should do something. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what everybody has done in our family. And this is what you're going to do. That's a tradition of men. And you are never free to renew your own mind past the... um past the landscape of the traditions of men. And this is a big problem. You know, the way that happened for Peter was when Peter um, Peter was having a hard time with some of the Gentile actions of the Gentiles that, um, that they didn't do certain things that the Jews would have done. And even after Jesus died and, and left and they were in charge, um, Peter was still having a hard time accepting some of the Gentiles because he expected them to to go through the traditions of Jews and then they could still have Jesus. And and Paul had to um, severely, (laughs) severely um, speak to him and tell him that you're wrong and you're hypocritical for doing that. See, there's no filter that has to be put on God's word for us. It doesn't matter how you were brought up, honest to God, if I could just get this through the people. This is what has helped so many of my customers, of my clients that I work with. It's whether they were in an abusive relationship, whether they were brought up in um, a, a poor environment, whether they were brought up in an elite home where they had to, you know, be a certain status or be a certain level. It didn't matter. All those things had to come crumbling down to get to the real root facts What does God have for you as his child? What can you call on, pull on, and apply to your life that will take you to the place that he created you to be? Do you know, if you were never born in the town that you're born in today, if you were never born in the country you were born, if you were never born to the family you were born in, God still had a plan written for your life to be here on this earth, and he would have gotten you here. Your plan for your life, your purpose for your life was written before the foundations of the earth. That's how God created you. He wrote those plans out before the foundations of the world. And he already had you in mind to be here. Okay. And God said that he wanted you here. And you can do with your life here what you want, but there's a plan for you. And if you don't fulfill the plans then you're responsible to God to give him an explanation of why. And the reason why God gave you his word is because he gave you his word because he knows that his word could get you through any obstacle on this earth. Ephesians 4, Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, verse 4 is where it talks about he chose us before the foundation of the world. And John 3.16 says that Jesus came that all, none, none should perish. All should have everlasting life. But yet we know there are people dying and going to hell. Did God send them to hell? No. 
they chose to go to hell because they rejected Jesus. As simple as this. We can't manipulate people into heaven. We can't beg them to go to heaven. We can't cry and scream and carry on. It's a simple choice. And But they have to hear the message first. And then when they've heard the message and realized that Jesus came to die for their sins and to pay a price um, to, to free them from slavery from Satan, and do they want to be free or do they want to be a slave of Satan, then that's their choice. If they want to be free, then I, here's how you be free. Receive Jesus as Savior. Say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior from sin. You are the Savior of my soul. You have saved me from sin. I receive it. I accept your gift. I accept your free gift. Yes, come and be in my life. This is it. That's how it is. This is the gospel, folks. The devil will complicate things. The devil will explode things. The devil will work in anger and it's unappeasing anger. You can't say the right thing. You can never do the right thing. Everything is a problem. And offense, every time there's offense, it's not coming from God. Jesus was never offended and he was assaulted with the most vile words you could ever hear. And he was never offended. He did not walk in offense. He walked in love. You can get mad about something. And But take action. Jesus was mad about what was happening in the temple and he took action. And he declared why he was upset and why he was taking action. He said, my father's house will be called a house of prayer. My question is, how many churches are houses of prayers today? Like, are, you, are we praying or are we just discussing issues? It's prayer and the word of God, folks. The word of God is key. So what is my side on all this issue that we see lamb blasting our, uh, our media, our television daily and, and, and social media and everything else? My side is God's side. I refuse to treat one race like they are victims. They are not victims. They are victors in Jesus because of the blood of Jesus. They are victors. This is a human race issue. This is another human taking the life and they, and they were being videotaped and they had no remorse whatsoever. That is evil, folks. That's not white man. That is evil man. That's what an evil man does. It's not what every white man does. This is crazy. It's not what every policeman does. That's what an evil white policeman does. That's if you want to put all the labels on the man, but the first label, label is evil. And what do we say about the people that watched? Honestly, what about the bystanders? What do we say about them? And the, and the thing is that they would be afraid because it was a police. What are they going to do? What do you mean you're afraid because it's a police? The point is a human life was being lost. And, and here we are, folks watching. And this is another thing. In the kingdom of God, there is no, the spirit of fear does not operate from the kingdom of God perspective. It operates from the evil kingdom's perspective. And the kingdom of God has no use for the spirit of fear. The Bible tells us in Timothy, it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Right there, God has not given us the spirit of fear is good for me. And then, but God did give us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we, these are all tools that we get to use 
These are the tools that we use. The emotional, the, the yelling, the violence, the killing, killing, stealing, and destroying, the, the manipulating people to want to believe like you. All that is from the devil. It's not from God. And, and to have to explain why you will not support an organization that was rooted in transgender, gay, lesbian, queer lifestyle is beyond me that you have to explain to a Christian why you would not support that hashtag or that movement. The hashtag and the movement, they're the same thing. And why you would not support that is beyond me that you have to explain it to a Christian. Of all groups of people, you have to explain it to a Christian. This is how far we've come from the word of God and gone right into the the devil's trap of feelings and emotions. Folks, we please God by having faith, okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, we have faith in our lives for believing that God will hear us when we pray. If you're a Christian, people do believe these things. So you have some faith. So there, you're pleasing God in that realm. But when it comes to this subject matter that's plagued the world for days on end right now, I want to know, are you pleasing God? That's my big question to you. Are you pleasing God in how you believe, how you expect solutions to come to this problem? Are you pleasing God? Is there faith in you applied to this problem? Is there any? Is there any there? Do you realize that we have just launched two men up to the space uh, mission thing up there, up there in the sky? And it was a historical event in American history. And that has totally been shoved off the radar like it never even happened. And this is what is center and, and front and center, which is from hell itself. I, you can blast me all you want, but this setup is from Satan and his kingdom. And I'm shocked to see the Christians that are just jumping on board like they are crazy. And all these pastors that are bringing on a black person from their church or staff to talk. Seriously, if I were the person, I would feel like, wow. I'm I'm this thing now. Like like it's crazy. I remember having a job one time and I applied for this job and I got it and we had just relocated to Pennsylvania and so I'm working in this position. I've never uh been in this industry before and the the person that was shadowing me that was supposed to be training me, you know, um he's like taking his slow time and I said, "Now listen, I have a few questions. Answer these questions for me about this this position, about how you do things here, blah blah blah." And I'm good. And so he actually had a meeting with the boss with me to say that she's not, you know, She's not wanting to extend the time of training. She wants to just be done. And I said, well, here's what I know. Is there anything else I need to know? And my boss like, well, not really. I said, good, then I'm done training. So it turns out that a new client had to, was coming on board that just came faster than they expected. It was like two months ahead of schedule. This client showed up. So here I am. I got my first new client. At first, I was supposed to just be helping some of my colleagues with their clients. But now I have my brand new client doing a brand new process for this company that is never done before. And so I get in there and I'm doing all this work. And so one day, one of my coworkers, you know, was saying to me like, wow, it must be nice for you to um, be able to um, get this job with the affirmative action law that there is. I thought to myself, you know, I want to look into this affirmative action thing. And I know this was done years ago because of the times that it was done in. And hey, I'm not blasting it. But I'm thinking to myself, 
here is somebody who, who sees me as a non-white person and their automatic assumption of me having that position is and getting that big client like I did, I imagine, is that the affirmative action rule was working for me. Do you see how this works against people? Like, seriously, I, I got in there because of my, um, my ability to interview. That was the first step. My ability to have an interview with the person interviewing me. My um, training that I, that I did really well, faster than they imagined. And now it's about to show them my skills in managing a project. And, but the person was saying to me that the reason I got the job was because of affirmative action. Now, I don't know if that's why they gave me the job. I have no idea. What I do know is that the reason I kept the job and was really good at my job was because of who I knew and who my wisdom was, who my wisdom is and where my wisdom was coming from, was coming from God. That's how I knew I was good at my job. And it it showed when after three months you get a review and then they decide your raise and my... um the head boss of the entire plant, he was trying to figure out through corporate how he could give me a higher raise than I could, than was scheduled. It was capped. And the reason they capped this raise is because somebody working there after three months is not supposed to know as much as I know and have so much experience in the job as I did. But I did. And the thing about it is, I did it because of the wisdom of God. It wasn't because of the color of my skin. It wasn't because of how educated I was, even though I was and I had a different color. But the point is, it, all of this happened because of the wisdom of God. I use the wisdom of God. I rarely think of my race or my gender because the other thing is the female thing. I, I, I rarely think of my of those reasons. Those are the reasons why somebody has to do something for me. I think I'm a child of God and I have the wisdom of God. I have the anointing of God. I have the word of God. I'm God's favorite. And so are you if you choose to be. This is how I think. This is how we need to think in the kingdom of God. And I'm just encouraging you today. Take sides. Take sides. But take the side of God's kingdom. And all the questions you're going to throw at me, what about this and the, and the authority? Listen to me. If you are living in a town where the police officers are treating you unfairly, then it's about time you start praying a move of God in that police department like you have never seen before. You put it to God. Nobody is speaking to God about these things. I could tell. I could tell nobody is speaking to God about it because there's no results. The other question I have is the gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are supposed to be so infested with gangs and violence. What race are those gangs? Aren't they the same races of the people living in the neighborhood? From my understanding, they are. Why are they still functioning at that destructive level? If this is all about race, why is it that they're functioning? They're destroying their own race. Why? It's not about race, folks. It's about evil. And so what does the Christian do? The Christian takes a stand in their neighborhood and say, I don't think so. This is not happening here. I found out there was going to be protests and all this stuff happening in our town locally, right? The town next to me right here um, yesterday. And I said, I don't think so. That is completely unacceptable. I do not think so. It's not happening. No. Do you know that they, they, I just got a report that a few people showed up, like barely a few people showed up and nothing, there, there's no pro, nothing happened. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Because that's not a tool of God. Yes, it's a tool of America that you can protest and, and you know, have your free speech, but it the, the devil takes that and turns into, it into his toolbox. And I was saying no to the devil's use of it. Do you hear me? I was saying no to the enemy coming into the town that close to me and deciding that they're just going to do what they want. I don't think so. And this is how we have to be about every place we live in. If Eve and Adam, if Adam and Eve had decided to do that concerning the devil in their garden, a place God put them in charge of, if they had only done that, this would not be happening today. But we would have done it too. We are all doing it too. So it's not just to blame Adam and Eve. My point is that what are you going to do in your garden? We've seen the example of Adam and Eve. We've seen the example of what's happening in our cities and our towns today, even worldwide. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue aiding the voice of the enemy and how he wants to destroy things? Or are you going to stand up? I watch the news a lot on purpose because I know what I'm standing up against. I know the works of the enemy that I'm pulling down. And I'm saying, no, that can't happen. No, I reject that. No, it cannot happen. And that's what that's how we take care of these issues. I don't cry out and, and want people to pity me because something bad happened to someone that happens to be either my gender or my race. No, I cry, I cry out to God. I say, God, this is unacceptable to me. And I speak it on the earth. I speak the will of heaven on earth. You, he says, if we, if we, um, it, whatever we bind on earth will, will, will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So I, so, so you bind the things that shouldn't be loosed on the earth and you loose the things that from heaven that should be loosed on the earth. You understand what I'm saying? So peace, peace is in heaven. You can loose it in your neighborhood. Love is in heaven. You can lose it on your neighborhood. You can speak it out to happen. These are some of the things that we do. I pray this way for the orphanage all the time. I pray these things out for my own household. I don't just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, whatever God wants to do, whatever God wants to do is what you say you would like to see happen. It's your thing. He's given you the responsibility to take care of it, to watch over it, to be you know, to be a good store. That's part of being a good store. I cannot imagine why you, I, it just isn't going to happen for me. There's so many things that I've prayed that to leave or to go for different places I've been in the world. And it has to happen. It has to bow because it's the work of the enemy. It's not the people. It's the work of the enemy. I've had situation where uh, taking over the orphanage, there was a vehicle that never got finished being transferred over with the paperwork. And so for as the as that happened, we'd have to go through a third party every time the, the, the things needed to be inspected. And it would take three to six months for that person to even get the thing done. It was ridiculous. And the reason was a, an unsaved man would have had to pay a lot of money to get the final transfer over. And I said, well, what's the problem? Well, the uns oh, it's an unsaved man and he's a rich man. So what does that mean to me? And I said, this needs to get done. Well, it hasn't been done in three years. I don't care how long it hasn't been done. It needs to get done. And so I spoke it and I said, this must be done. And I, I said, Lord, I call this thing done. It needs to be done. And do you know, it, it took <laughs> 20 minutes. The man had to fork over the equivalent of 15 to $2,000 US, whatever, that he would never get recouped. It's not going to ever be deducted from taxes or anything like that. And he went, signed the paper, paid the money, and, and it's clear and free for us. These are the way this, you know, I didn't bully the man. The man don't even know who I am. I never had to say anything to him. I never had to, um, 
you know, go see it myself. My dad just had to show up and sign the papers because my dad's name was involved in it. And the man showed up with my dad. They signed the papers and off they go. I've had other situations where I've been in Guyana and everyone's telling me this whole thing's going to take three days. They're going to tell you to come back. You're going to have to do this. I said, no, I refuse that. That is not acceptable to me. That's not how a child of the kingdom should work. I refuse to work through the systems of Satan. This is a complete system of the devil. Do you know, we went that day to get this thing done and it took 20 minutes. And what's even more miraculous, they were supposed to inspect something because that's normally how they would do it, even though it has no value whatsoever what their inspection does. They just look at it. They never even went to look at it. Everybody around me that's used to the system were looking at me in shock. They couldn't believe it. I said, when you have a win, you walk away with the win. We just walked away with the win. 20 minutes, a three-day thing took 20 minutes. This is how the power of God works. This is how it has worked in my own life. When I was in Guyana, a, a young woman... Um, as a young woman, I was I was walking down the, the pavement, the sidewalk one day downtown. They have all these shopping, you know, stalls like you barter with the sellers and all this stuff. And I remember after school one day, I stopped by one of the sellers and I was going to buy a gift for my parents. I think it was their anniversary or something. So I had my big my briefcase type of school bag opened in front of me and I was standing there and um, and I felt this jab in my back. And this young, this black young man, yes, he was black. This this young man was behind me and um, he had his finger stuck. Or I assumed it was his finger. I didn't care what it was, but he had something stuck in my back. And he was saying to me, give me all your money or I'm going to uh, either shoot you or cut you. I forgot whatever weapon he was trying to say that he had. I, I yelled out loudly, you want my money because you're going to what? And just like that. And he started running. We have to stand up without fear. And this is before I even knew the principle of there's no fear in the kingdom of God, that I didn't even know the stuff I know today about God. I just knew that nobody gets to take advantage of me like this. It's ridiculous. And I yelled out so loud. He goes running down the street, like never even looking back. And everybody was like, because the whole, all the people in front of me, the vendors and everybody, they all stopped. Like everybody stopped. Like, oh, this guy is going to harm her. And I just yelled so loud. I mean, it shocked him. He just shrieked back and ran. Everybody was looking at me like, what? You just did that? Yes. Nobody threatens me. You see what I'm saying? And this is just how we have to be as children of God. This isn't how we have to be because we're bold like Fiona. It's how we are as a child of the living God. So here's my answer tonight to this racism nonsense, honestly, and I call it nonsense. And please don't think I am belittling the issue. It is a big evil issue. This is why the word of God can squish it in no time. And if you want me to feel all these feelings with you and feel all, I'm going to say to you, you need to forgive the people who've hurt you and you need to walk in love. And that's the pill that we all have to swallow. Okay, everybody's got a pill they got to swallow that <laughs> that requires love and forgiveness. And Lord knows I've had them in my lifetime. And I keep, t I keep dishing it out. I keep dishing out love and forgiveness because that is how I gain the authority. That's how I maintain the authority I have in Christ. That's how I maintain the anointing of God that's on my life. That's how I fulfill the purpose of God in my life is through love and forgiveness because I refuse to walk in unforgiveness. I have no place for it in my body. Do you know that God has put no compartment 
in your human body to store on forgiveness. This is why he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Your body can't handle it overnight. But we have people walking around with years of unforgiveness and their bodies are feeling, it's stored somewhere in your body. And the question is, where? Where is it stored in your body? And how much, uh, how taxing is it on your body? And whenever there's unforgiveness in you, your focus and your goal becomes revenge. And revenge is something that God would like to take on our behalf. He said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God did not give us the position of taking revenge. Never. He said we should stand up. We should fight with the armor of God. We should not let the enemy take a foothold in our life. Those are things, those aren't revengeful things. Those are things that you just set up and you do. But when we have unforgiveness, it, the, uh, we cannot help but have a life where we live. We're always looking for revenge. We're always looking to see that the person or the types of people who've harmed us get their day in court, not even court, but in in man's court, you know, where they're judged heavily and, and they're laughed and mocked at because look what happened to them because of what they've done to us. All those things are vengeance thoughts. Then having your heart set on love, it means that you cannot fail. Love never fails. It looks like you're failing. The enemy will make it look everybody hates you and you just gave them an answer that they'll hate you for. But if you do it in love, there is no way that it will fail. I have seen this in my life over and over and over again, because I don't do things maliciously. I don't do things with vengeance. I do it in love. I do it in truthful, wanting to solve a problem, walking in love. And this is how we should be. Do not live the fantasy life of Satan where, the, where there's nothing that could ever be done that's enough. It's never enough. There's always more. He always wants more. You got to do more. You got to be more. You got to make up for stuff. You know, the only person that requires a making up for stuff is the devil. Do you know, because Jesus, if we had to make up for the stuff we've done, you know how long it would take us to repay? The principle of having things wash clean, wiped clean, having fresh new mercies every morning, having a, a fresh walk, having a new relationship, all those things, they're found in the kingdom of God. They're nowhere to be found in the kingdom of darkness, nowhere to be found. He adds up all the wrongs and he has bills. That's why Jesus had to pay for our sins because the devil was keeping tabs on what was owed him. And Jesus came and paid the whole thing. So in the kingdom of God, nobody owes us nothing. We have the word of God that produces anything we need. It produces it. People don't have to owe us. The enemy will owe us seven times what he's stolen. But I, my podcast before this, if you want to listen to it, that thing is kept with Jesus. So we don't even go to the enemy for it. Jesus has it. We go to Jesus and he gets it and brings it back to us. So, so you have to listen to that podcast if you'd like to find out more about that. But here's my point, guys. My point is I'm on the side of the kingdom of God. I believe every person was created equal, man, woman, child, no matter what race, gender you are, no matter what position in life you have, no matter what God has called you to, you are equal in the eyes of God. That means you have equal opportunity to reap from the word of God every single benefit that he has planned for you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you and I thank you, Father, that you have made a way where there's no way, that you can make streams in the desert, that you can make crooked things straight. 
And I pray, Father, right now that for those who are listening to me, that the eyes of their understanding will be opened on the subject of uh, what the enemy wants to show us, racism, Father, division, schism in the body of Christ and putting people against each other. Father, I ask that you will expose it bigly on the earth. Let, let it be exposed through the same medium that the enemy is flaunting his uh his power and evil through father his evil deeds not even power but evil deeds through father i'm asking you that it will be widely exposed and that your kingdom will get the glory out of all of this no man will get the glory but your kingdom will get the glory oh god and i thank you lord that we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the spirit of god is doing and saying in this time on the earth I thank you for everyone listening, Father, and I pray that you will help them in the areas of their life that they need help, and you will show them a clear path you, that wisdom will come to them, not the wicked wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of God. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, Father. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Until next time, don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. God bless you. Bye-bye.